You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. The moral of today's topic may be, if you're going to crash your spacecraft on an alien world, don't leave the keys in it. Otherwise, some alien with no knowledge of modern technology might come along and single-handedly figure out how to get it back up into space. After blowing up the world in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, screenwriter Paul Den received a short telegram. Apes exist. Sequel required. I'm Earl Green, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for May 26th. And today, we look at the escape from the Planet of the Apes. Pierre Boulle's Planet of the Apes was revolutionary social commentary when it came out. It lit the world's imagination. Of course, that required a sequel. Paul Den was tapped for the follow-up story. Beneath the Planet of the Apes didn't fare so well, despite Den bringing in so much commentary about nuclear war that he blew up the world at the end. Despite the lackluster response, the studio thought there was more money to be had from the franchise, and the telegram was fired off to Den, Apes Exist, Sequel Required. Not only had he left everyone as molten radioactive slag at the end of the last movie, the budget for this one was even smaller, at just over $2 million. Den knew they couldn't afford to film a lot of special effects, so he decided to locate the action on modern Earth. He couldn't afford to film a big backstory either, which probably worked in his favor. He had Cornelius explain how Dr. Milo had managed to get the spacecraft back in operational condition, and he, Cornelius, and Zura left the planet minutes before it blew up. When the three apes emerge from the capsule off the coast of Southern California, they are taken to the nearest zoo where they're held in the infirmary as experts try to understand what's going on. It's perhaps poetic that Dr. Milo, played by an unrecognizable Salmoneo, was killed by a depressed gorilla. Once a teen heartthrob and two-time Oscar nominee, it was telling that Mineo would take such a small role which saw him in full latex makeup. This turned out to be Mineo's last big-screen appearance before his stabbing death five years later. When Cornelius and Zira prove to the authorities' satisfaction that they're not threats, they're released and instantly become the talk of the town. The president's science advisor, however, isn't so sure. As they are treated to the best society has to offer, Zira lets on that she's pregnant. Dr. Hasslane, the science advisor, chooses that point to get her drunk and record her in a more talkative mood. She reveals that the world was destroyed about 1,600 years in the future. While the chimpanzees had nothing to do with the destruction, he sees a problem. At some point, apes will gain the ability to speak and supplant humans. Even if the weapon was left by men, it's used by those apes. Cornelius and Zira certainly represent one vector by which apes could become more intelligent and talkative. The president, played by William Wyndham, tells Dr. Hasslane that he can't just execute the talking apes that have proven so popular with the public. He does, however, allow him to interrogate them further. Under truth serum, Zira spills everything, and Hasslane becomes more convinced they pose a threat. Then, when an orderly brings them fruit and jokes about the little monkey Zira's carrying, Cornelius gets angry and pushes him down. The apes escape and are taken to a traveling circus run by Ricardo Montalban. Zira gives birth. Knowing she was due any time, Hasslane orders searches of all zoos and circuses. 
Cornelius and Zira are sent to the L.A. shipyards to hide with their son, but Hasling tracks them down. Spoiler, it doesn't end well for the apes. In the closing scene, we see that Zira traded babies with a chimp that had a newborn in the circus, and young Milo begins to speak. Critically, this installment is considered the best of the franchise's sequels. It continued and built on the racial themes of the original book and established it as a true franchise. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for May 26th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.